This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, and when you see him like I see him, when you see him like Psalm 23 portrays him, I don't know how anyone can not want to jump into the arms of this loving, heavenly, eternal Father. He is the good, good shepherd. Well, thanks for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name's Ryan. I'm glad to join you again on the podcast. This Sunday is Father's Day, and it's our uh, third Sunday of reopening our doors for for live, in-person worship services. Of course, we still have uh, great online services as well. In fact, we gave away $150 Top Golf uh, gift cards uh, to a dad in each service to celebrate them, and and really how important they are not only to our church but to the uh, to our families. I'm really not that bad of a golfer, if you happen to see I was say, I hope I hope they did better than you did if they saw your video, which was phenomenal, hilarious. Yeah, yeah our team, uh, Gabe and Rachel, did an awesome job. That was a lot of fun to film, and I kept saying, like, you're going to let me hit a good one, right? Like, I, I get to redeem myself in this video, and he goes, nope. Nope. This is uh, this is going to be purely for uh, entertainment, and you're the goat. You uh-huh. are. And listen, I've I've seen you hit enough golf balls. With your left-handed swing to know that if they would have let you hit a golf ball, it would have hung a quick left into the net that kind of lines the left side yeah. of Top Golf and probably not ended up in one of, in one of those colored bullseyes on the on the ground. So they should have let you hit one. Yeah, um, just so everyone else could have known. Yeah, it would have been pretty ugly. I have a pretty mean softball swing. Very true. Yeah, very true. I'm a baseball player. I'm not a golfer. So just like I'm a wrestler, not a basketball player. So, uh, well, Pastor Christian, we. Um, so we are in the third week of Summer in the Psalms, and it's man, it's been great, really powerful messages, and we're both we're both dads. Um, our dads are still alive and, and are really important parts of our lives. Uh, can you can you speak to the importance of fathers or father figures in our lives? Yeah, Ryan. For for some reason, um, the way that Jesus did ministry and the way that he directed. And commanded that ministry be done always involves, you know, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. Uh, you know, Jesus, um, he wasn't, he wasn't just a preacher teacher, although he was that. He wasn't just a, a healer comforter, although he was that. He, he became a father figure in the life of, of these 12 disciples and so many other followers that he had. And then when he, when he commanded them to go and disciple people, you know, that, that word has, has such spiritual connotations for us in the year 2020, uh, you know. But if we would go back 2,000 years ago, I mean, to be discipled, to be apprenticed, like the the highest honor that you could have was was being called to walk in the footsteps and kind of take up the life and to complete the legacy that somebody else had. And spiritually, that's the way that Jesus said ministry would would be done: that you would become spiritual fathers and mothers. Uh, in leaders in the lives of other people so they could become like you. So from a, from a discipleship aspect, um, you know, I, I think the importance of spiritual fathers in our life is huge because that's apparently, according to the way of Jesus, that's the best way Christianity is developed. That's the best way ministry is done. Um, for those who have had great dads like us or great father figures in their life, uh, like us and, and we have single moms, um, who, who listen to our podcast. I'm sure we have, um, you know, widows who listen to our podcast. We, we have grandmas 
who listen to our podcast who are doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job standing in. And because of Jesus, they are, they are enough. They are enough in the lives of their kids and their grandkids and their, and their stepkids and their foster kids. Um, but you, you and I as fathers, I, I, I think we understand the responsibility that sits on, sits on our shoulders, not only as fathers to our children, um, but as, but as father figures, uh, to, to people in our life that we want to love, that we want to protect, um, that we want to provide for, that we, that we want to come around and help support. Um, there, there just, there's, there is something to the father figure, um, you know, that, that, that has an important spiritual, um, lesson to it, which is, you know, why Jesus prayed our, you know, our father. He could have, he could have shown God to us in any human role that possibly existed. Um, from, from uncle God to grandpa God to president God to boss God to coach God. He chose father God. He chose father. Um, so there, there is certainly a special responsibility, um, and, and a special privilege of being a dad. Um, and being a father and, and being willing to be a father figure, um, to somebody who, who needs the very best, um, of, of what a man or a woman can offer someone in spiritual leadership and in, and in, and in life leadership and love. And we've both served a lot and led in youth ministry. And you and I know there's been a lot of young people who've needed that, um, that influence, that spiritual figure, that father figure to, to love them, to, to guide them. Um, at times for them to follow in our footsteps as we try to point them to the Savior. And that's what you and I as dads are trying to do with our kids. Our wives have great, important roles, and and we do our best to try to point them uh, to the Savior as well. You know, this week in your sermon, we studied one of the most popular psalms, right? Very quoted, often quoted, Psalm 23. Um, what What do you know about when and why this psalm became so what I'll call popular and why it's so often quoted or memorized. Yeah. So there's not, when you look back in the, in church history, there's not kind of a, a, a time where this Psalm shot to the, you know, the top of the billboard top 50, but it, but it has always been unique, even in the way that it's referenced so often. Um, very few people say Psalm 23. Um, they say the 23rd Psalm. You don't say the first psalm. You don't say the tenth psalm. You don't say the hundred nineteenth psalm. Even though those are all great, you don't say the hundred thirty ninth psalm. This is like this. This one's different. Like if you if you've ever been out west and you've and you've been to California, um, they refer to their highways as the uh, the four hundred five um, and the five. It, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but when you're there, like you when you're driving around Kansas City, you don't tell someone take the four thirty five to the four seventy. And get off at the 150. It's like the the word the disappears. So when you hear it said and you say it, you're like, hey, that's unique. That's not that's not the way everyone talks about roads. When you say the 23rd Psalm, it's not the way everyone talks about Psalms. There's something unique and special about that. When you say the Shepherd's Psalm, there's something unique. And even in the title of the Psalm, like if you go read all 150 Psalms, especially a lot of the Psalms of David, they'll say a Psalm of David when. Um, he pretended to be mad before the king of Gath, the, a psalm of David when he was on the run from Abimelech, a psalm of David when he was confronted, um, but, you know, about his sin with Bathsheba. The 23rd psalm is a psalm of David. That's it. No circumstances, no reference, no day in his life, just a psalm of David, the shepherd, 
We talked about on Sunday the uniquenesses of shepherds in the Old Testament. Of course, Adam was a shepherd taking care of guard, uh, animals in the garden. His son Abel, um, we know, was um, a shepherd and a farmer. We know that Noah ended up being a, a shepherd taking care of animals on the other side of uh, of the ark. Of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all shepherds. Joseph was a shepherd. David was a shepherd, right? Like there's, there was something about the spiritual leaders in Israel that were shepherds. And then, of course, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And prophecy talked about the Messiah being a righteous shepherd. So there was something about the concept of God as shepherd, the, the Jewish Messiah as shepherd, so many spiritual patriarchs and leaders of Israel's, Israel as shepherds that I think made Psalm 23 say, and that's what they look like. Um, at their spiritual best, this is what a shepherd was. Um, if you really want to understand the character of God, this is what it looks like. If you want to understand what the Messiah might look like, this is what it looks like. And then I think, you know, the, the favorite Old Testament picture of God is shepherd. The favorite New Testament picture of God is father. So I think when we want to look at heavenly father, we go to Old Testament shepherd, Psalm 23, and we see the outline of what the heavenly father looks like through a picture of the good shepherd. Uh, Augustine, the great church father from the fourth century, um, said if Psalm 119, which we mentioned last week, which hopefully some people read a few days, if Psalm 119 is the, is the great tree that grows out of the middle of the Psalms, if it, if it is the center, the oak in the center of the Psalms, Psalm 23 is the flower sprinkled around the bottom of it. It's the beauty and the splendor of the, of the Psalms at their very, very, um, best and succinct and poetic and picturesque, um, and so easy to see and understand. If Psalm 119 is the oak tree of the book of Psalms, Psalm 23 is the flowers that help you understand spiritual poetry at its, at its very, very best. Um, and for, and for some reason, for thousands of years, um, you know, a lot of times at funerals, maybe it's because Psalm 23 has so many life moments that are needed. We all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We need a shepherd there. We all sometimes are weary and tired and need our soul refreshed. I mean, I just think when you look into the content of the Psalm, it's like, wow, there, um, there are times in my life I need someone to do that for me. And I think just maybe because it's so short, simple, practical, applicable, um, it's, it's one that, it's one that stood out in the, in the history of the Judeo Christian faith. Yeah, exactly. As I read it again, right, we've got it here in front of us. As I, I just thought of all the comfort, like in the midst of what we've been dealing with, with COVID and our country and, and challenges, I just thought he's with us. I will fear no evil for you are with me. And there's just some great promises in there, some great truth that obviously has stuck with people for thousands of years, and uh, it is why it is the 23rd Psalm. Yeah. Um, you know, in the latter part of your message, you talked about spiritual fathers. What, what a great part of, of the message. Who've been, if you care to share, who, who would be the spiritual fathers in your life, and what impact have they had on your life? Yeah, so first, I'm, I'm, I think I'm realizing more and more I'm one of the lucky few that my earthly father was my first spiritual father. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't happen for everyone, but I have a um, I have a very pure view of God the Father 
because of my natural father. There's some people who will always struggle to see God as God the Father because they don't have a healthy view of their of their earthly father. Louis Giglio has an incredible book on this concept. I think it's called Not Forsaken. I could be wrong. Um so if if I'm if I'm wrong if you google Not Forsaken by Louis Giglio and it's not about God the Father, then google Louis Giglio's book on God the Father. Um but it's all it's all about helping people who have had bad experiences with an earthly father um realize that that's not who God is in their life. That's that's not how God fathers them in their life. Uh but my first spiritual father was was my dad. Um he um he was my spiritual father. He was he was the one who took me to church. He led me to Christ. He modeled what the Christian life looked like. My like my dad is Barnabas. Um he's a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And there's a lot of people who've come to faith because of him. Not a pastor, not in ministry, a football coach, a teacher, a principal, but my dad, my dad's Barnabas. He's a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. There's a lot of people who've come to faith because of him. Um, probably my second spiritual father, and, I, and I've been blessed. I think it should be this way, that your dad is your first spiritual father, and your father-in-law is one of your next spiritual fathers. But Daniel's dad um, it became a spiritual father in my life in, in terms of uh, what someone in full-time ministry needed to do to walk with Jesus closely. Um, when I was in college, Barry Rice, before I met Danielle, uh, who who had been a strength coach at Liberty University, and then he became a youth pastor there, was a spiritual father who mentored me and helped me understand what it meant to be um, a man of God. So it would, it would have been my dad, one, Barry, two, Danielle's dad, three. Um, and then as we began to start our church, Brian Beloy and Jimmy Dodd um, both really stepped into my life as a spiritual father to answer questions, to check in, to care, um, to be around, to, you know, to to love my kids, to to support our church, to come speak at our church. I mean, they they just they they do for me as a 42 year old pastor what my dad did for me as a nine year old kid. They just help take care of me. They watch out for me, take care of me, guide and direct me. They correct me when I get it wrong. They um, give information when I need answers to get it right. I mean, they um, they just walk with me and take care of me. If you can picture what a good dad does, that's what those guys. Um, are in, are engaged in in doing in in my life in real time right now. Not very many weeks that go by, rarely ever a month that goes by that I'm not in not in touch with with Jimmy and Brian um, right now. Yeah. Just about anything and everything going on in life in ministry um, that that occurs. And what's interesting, having known you now for you know twenty some years, I know the different roles that some of those men have had. Some just taught you to read your Bible. Yep. Others more leadership principles. Yep. Some being a better husband. And each of those men has uh has has played a part in developing you and, and now you've got spiritual brothers and, and others who, you know, that I know you call, um, that are what you would probably consider more equivalents in the ministry around the country who who also pour into you and help you, and you rub elbows with them. So, yeah, I've got spiritual fathers. I got spiritual big brothers. I've got oh. Some spiritual uncles who I see once, once or twice a year. Um, yeah, and then I'm. I think I'm beginning to develop some spiritual little brothers. Mm-hmm. And may, you know, maybe one day God will use me as a spiritual father in the in the life of a of a generation of of ministry leaders. Man, I hope so. Yeah, I, I and I believe that was one of the great challenges of your message. You want us to be doing this in the spheres of influence that we have. Yes. Right. And, and, and hopefully if you're listening on, on the podcast, you'll take that challenge and realize that this is an important part. We are not just to soak up information and, Hey, I, I didn't miss church for seven years, but I didn't really influence anyone. I didn't mentor anyone. I didn't pour right. into anyone. I wasn't a spiritual mother or father to anyone. 
you, you want us to be. You know, you, you give a comparison in your message of Jesus and John the Baptist um, about their different personalities. In other, words, in other words, you say, you know, John the Baptist would have been like an eight on the Enneagram, which is a, a personality profiling tool. Uh, you said, I, I want to be, be like Jesus. I appreciate your transparency about how you're wired and how you would like to improve to be more like Jesus. This is, I think, really such an important part of each of our lives, learning and growing and not settling for, you know, that's just the way I am. That's, that's just the way I'm, I'm wired. That's, that's who I am. Why is it so important for people to have that spiritual mentality? I'd even add in maturity or, or that spiritual posture. Yeah, so I mean, just a little background for those who may not have heard the, the message on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, the Enneagram is a is a personality profile tool, very much like Strength Finders um, or a DISC profile. It's just something that kind of helps you understand um, your makeup. It it has been in some parts of the church heavily criticized uh, because of because a lot of people study their Enneagram to learn who they are instead of who God wants them to become. And then they begin to excuse their behavior based on who they are instead of who God wants them to become. Um, we have found it at our church to be a useful tool, not for worship, not for, um, not really even for discipleship, but interpersonal communications. And I, I think it gives you, it, it, it gives you a good picture of maybe what needs to be undone in your life for who you are, um, and how, how you love and communicate with people really, really well. So, uh, Dan, Danielle and I have read books on it. Our counselor introduced it to us to help us just get along better in our marriage relationship and our work relationship. Um, so Danielle, you know, ha- follows it more than I do. Um, I'm not on uh, social media, but th- there was an Instagram or a Facebook or a Twitter. I, I don't know, something on social media that had a biblical person for every number of the Enneagram. And she's like, guess who the biblical person for the eight is? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And she said, John the Baptist. And I said, I don't want people to think of me like John the Baptist. I want to be, I want to be Jesus. I want people when they look at me to see Jesus, not John the Baptist. What number's Jesus? And she's like, well, he's like a perfect combination of all the numbers. He's not a number. And I said, then I don't want to be a number. I don't want to be an eight. I want to be, I want to be like Jesus. I want people to look at me and see me like Jesus. I, I don't want to grow up and be like John the Baptist. I want to grow up and be like, Jesus. And I think there are too many people in the world who, who do either, either from an Enneagram or a skills finder or a culture or a family who just say, it's just, it's just the, it's just the way I am. And I say for people who have been born again, no, that's just the way you were. But Romans 8 28 says that God works all things for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And then Romans 8 29 says for those that God called, he also foreknew and he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. For followers of Jesus, everything God is doing in your life, he's doing to make you look more like Jesus, not to make you look more like a two or a four or a six or an eight. He's doing everything so that you'll look like Jesus. Um, and I, I personally was, was offended, um, because I'm an eight, right? That's, that's what I do. Um, is like, I don't want people to see me like John the Baptist. I want people to see me like Jesus, right? When, when the, when the scribes came to Jesus to try to, to try to catch him, uh, speaking badly against Rome and they brought him some money and said, do we pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus said, give me the coin. Uh, and he said, whose image is on it? And they said, Caesar's. Then he said, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. And he was saying that because scripture says that we've been created in the image of God. 
And Jesus says, your coins look like Caesar, but your life should look like God. And as a Christian, your, your coins might look like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or whoever. Um, your life should look like Jesus. And I think until every Christian in every area of their life wants their life to look more like Jesus, his kingdom is not going to come, his will is not going to be done in Kansas City, in our country, in our world, the way that it is in heaven, until every Christian every day says, I want to be less like me and more like Jesus. Uh, I guess the part of John the Baptist I would like is when John the Baptist said, less of me, more of him. Man, less of me. Um, more him. If I can be, th- if I can be that guy, I want to be that guy. But I don't want anyone to look at me and say, you remind me of John the Baptist. I pray that I can get to the point where people look at me if they've ever seen Jesus and say, you remind me of him. Which means you're doing exactly what we're talking about. We're, we're supposed to have introspection. We're supposed to be analyzing our own hearts and minds. And every day as I read my Bible, it isn't just for knowledge sake. Right. It's how would this change me? How would this mold me? I know how I responded yesterday and it was ugly. Right. It was, it was, it was the part I don't want. Right. So change me. So I, ju- I just thought as I saw that, I thought I, I, I want our Activate listeners to know this is what God wants of us every day to become more like Jesus, no matter what number you are, no matter what disc profile you are, no matter, no matter any of that, no right. matter that's just, that's just the way I am. Just deal with it. Right. That's not how Jesus works. Right. We're a new creation, and uh, he's constantly working on us. Man, thanks for, for sharing that. The first point of your message was to look at the qualities of our, of our Heavenly Father, and, and you laid out five of them. So for you as a Christian, for you as a father, for you as a leader, for you as a pastor, which of the five of those, as you were preparing this message and thinking through them, which which of those were the most helpful or the most comforting Ryan, I'm looking at the list right now, man. It's it's really hard to pick one, to be honest with you. You know, and I think I think dads pour out different energy depending on situations that you're in. Um, you know, I look at quality number one right now. He refreshes my soul. I certainly today need that. My soul is tired. Um, coming through a season of, you know, both a both a global pandemic. Um you know that that preceded just a, a man a, a combustible culture of racial tension in our country with trying to open our church and come back into church like my soul is tired so to know that I have a heavenly father who will refresh my soul um is so 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 comforting and helpful to me what i just talked about wanting to become more like jesus the fact that God guides me as an image bearer. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He helps me learn how to live my life right so that I, so that he gets glory, so that he gets praise. The fact that everything God does in me is done to reveal his image in me is so comforting. It's so, so helpful. Um I mean, you know, quality number four, he fought and won our battle so we can rest and have peace within our battles. Uh, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like while they're looking on, he's not even concerned about the enemies. Like, don't worry about him. Focus on me. Let's have a meal. Um, if you can picture yourself in a valley and the enemy on the mountain and, you know, Jesus is setting the table, whistling while he works. It's like, what does he know that I don't? He knows the battle has been won, and he knows even when I face my battles, he's going to help me fight mine. That's so, so 
encouraging. And, you know, just the fact that he walks with me through my good and bad with tools to celebrate and clean up whatever the situation dictates. Surely goodness and mercy. Goodness is a celebrating of the good. Mercy is is often the cleaning up of the bad. So I talked about those people who will walk their dogs in the park, following their dog, carrying a bag of poop because they're cleaning up after their dog. That's a picture of mercy. I'm walking, I'm, you know, surely goodness and mercy will follow. Mercy is following me. And even as a fallen, broken follower of Jesus, He's man, he's got to be carrying so many bags of spiritual turds that I've laid. You know, the last <laughs> that's the first the time last, that's been used yeah, on this last, podcast, yep, I believe. <laughs> the last 37 years of my life, but he but he still follows me. He hadn't he hasn't disconnected the leash and said, You're out, surely goodness and his mercy when I need it, and I need it often. Follow me all the days of my life, and one day. I'll, I'll dwell in his house. He'll get to throw all those away. Thank God. Um, but the fact that he loves me and follows me, even to forgive mess after mess after mess is, is just huge. I mean, I, it, I think it's, it's the combination of those five that make him such a great heavenly father to be invited into a relationship with. And when you see him like I see him, when you see him like Psalm 23 portrays him, I don't know how anyone cannot want to jump into the arms of this loving, heavenly, eternal Father. He is the good, good shepherd um, that, that, that Scripture tells us is coming and has come and is now ours through Jesus if if we want him. Well, I, I think on this Father's Day, I'm really thankful that you have laid out this picture because there are a lot of people uh, in our world today who have an unclear, as you kind of mentioned, an unclear picture of what a father should look like. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure our people listening on Sunday, as well as those listening to this podcast, have appreciated the ability to better see who their Heavenly Father is, how He loves them, how He has grace and mercy for them. I know I'm reminded of that all the time. He's certainly a carry, he's carrying around a, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. I hate to even say it, a lot of, a lot of my turds. There's the word. Spirit, uh, spiritual, spiritual turds. Yeah, the, yes. Spiritual yeah, turds. Those. Yep. Um, I like that. We should get it put on an armband, and you can add it to your I collection of 30. Yeah, yeah, yes, I could add yeah. that to the collection. Um, but that that's the God we serve. He loves us throughout that. And uh, thanks for giving us a really great picture of our Heavenly Father. And, man, we hope uh, those of you who are listening um, had a great Father's Day. I know for some it may have been a tough day. Um, you know, you may or may not have one, but you have a Heavenly Father, and He loves you. So thanks uh, for being on the podcast again today, Pastor Christian. Thank you for listening uh, from here in Lee Summit, from around the world. Uh, Be sure to tune in, whether you want to tune in online this Sunday, Facebook Live, YouTube, JCI app, or takethejourney.cc. Of course, uh, we uh, would love to have you come and be in person at one of our three services, uh, 745, 930, or 1115. And as, as always, we would love to encourage you. If you uh, have something we can pray for you about, you can let us know at activate at takethejourney.cc or ask a question. We'd love to uh, answer that uh, on the podcast. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, 
please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.